Episode 28, Get Out of Here, Satan. What up, everybody? Fire little episode tonight. We had the crib with it. Shout out West Chase. <laughs> had to mix it up on them boys. But um, let's just start tonight off with a quick moment of prayer. Dear God, we just we love you and we praise you, God, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to dive into your presence, God. Lord, I pray that you would prepare me and Chris's heart, God. Lord, I pray that you would just use us as a vessel tonight to just spread your love, Lord, to spread your glory, Lord. Lord, to, to offer the gift that you have so freely given us, Lord, the gift of faith tonight, God. Lord, I pray that, that through our words, Lord, you would just you would just express your love to those listening, God, and that they would know that they are so loved and so chosen by you, God. Lord, I pray that you would just, just make this a convicting message, Lord. Lord, I make I pray you would make this a, a loving message, God, and Lord, just, just bring us closer to you tonight, God. Just surround us with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and fill the hearts of those listening with the Holy Spirit. In your almighty name we pray, amen. All right, so before we dive in, I just wanted to read a little something that I heard in a message a few weeks ago, and it was from a pastor, and, and her name's Hosanna Wong. She's a little little Cali pastor from out there in Cali, you know what I'm saying? But she got a real cool story, and she came to our church to to give a message for the, the women's conference. It's called Beautiful. So if you're a woman and you're listening, definitely check out that women's conference, you know. But, um... Yeah, she just gave a message and it was just really, it really just allowed me to, to recognize like how loved I am by God, you know, because a lot of times I'm my own worst enemy. And I like to tell myself that I don't deserve God's love and, and maybe I don't even have it, you know what I'm saying? Because I just mess up so much and, and my heart is not always in it for God. A lot of times my heart wants what I want, you know what I'm saying? But after hearing her message, you know, it kind of gave me a new perspective on how truly like desirable I am to God and how desirable you are to God you know he takes pleasure in seeing us you know seeing us seek after him seeing us want to grow in our faith and, and just taking the little steps to grow closer to him you know so I just wanted to read what she says and she said you know you can't be so focused on who the world says you are who other people say you are you know we're called to be focused on who God says we are so she just pointed out a few verses that that God clearly told us what he thinks of us you know so she started it in John 15 verse 15 and she said that we are god's friend he's called us his friend then she goes to first thessalonians 1 4 and says that we're chosen by god you know we're his chosen people his children his sons and daughters then she goes into ephesians 2 10 and god says that we're a masterpiece that we're art we're handmade purposed and fashioned for good things and then she goes into first corinthians six nineteen, a temple of residence for the holy spirit we're a dwelling place for god to live you know and um then she goes into acts 1 8 and it says we're a messenger to the world we bring the light to the world and she goes to galatians three twenty six, and it says that we're his child you know we've been adopted into to sonship we're, we're adopted as daughters of, of the king as soon as we choose him you know we're adopted um Romans 5, 8, we're greatly loved. Even though we're, we're dead in our sins, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And John eight thirty six says we're free. You know, who the son says is free is free indeed. And uh, the last one she says is, is 2 Corinthians five seventeen. It says we're brand new. And so just hearing those words of encouragement and not just thinking like, oh, that was a good word from the pastor. Like, no, this is what God says. 
God said this about me. God said this about you. And once I accepted that and I, I kind of internalized it, 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 it opened up my heart to a new level to where I was no longer just a a constantly failing Christian, you know. I wasn't just a sinner saved by grace. Like, I'm not God's son, you know what I mean? I'm I'm a, a masterpiece to God, and that's, that's the way we got to think, you know, to have the confidence to walk in the boldness that he's called us to, you know? Because if we're constantly doubting or questioning our salvation, constantly are doubting God, you know, we're completely leaning on our own strength, on our own will, and we're not going to get very far. You know, we're not going to get anywhere because this world is going to throw a million different things at us, and if we're not firmly rooted in God's love, we're going to sway with the world, you know? We're going to get knocked down from the punches that it throws at us, you know? But when we're standing in God's love, rooted in the, the love of the cross, you know what I'm saying? Those punches are going to come, but because we have a strong foundation, we're not going to fall. You know, we're going to take those punches and we're going to grow. We're going to learn from them, you know? We're going to learn how to bob and weave them things, you know what I'm saying? Bob and weave the devil, say, uh-huh, gotcha. Hit him with that two-piece, bop, bop. Rebuke that boy. So it's just... That was something that encouraged my heart, and I just wanted to share it to uh, start off tonight. And Chris got a fire little word that he wants to share with y'all, so I'm gonna let him do that. I lost that fire little word that I had on Tuesday, <laughs> so I'm looking for it right now, but I'll find it later. Um, no, but it's uh, I, I guess kind of like what uh, Wally said about being adopted into sonship. It's uh. So a lot of like, I guess what I was going to talk about is just kind of our own struggles that we have in our walk um, with Christ. At least I, I got plenty of those, right? I got a lot of an unbelieving heart, you know, like it's a heart of unbelief and then doubt. And uh, could I really be saved and all of this stuff? Um, And so really like what I was going to talk about is like, I, I heard it said is like you just... You continue to look at the cross, like you're always staring at the cross, and it's like, it's basically like there's all like, you know, there's all this nonsense happening around you, you know, people are dying, uh, you know, the the temptation of different sins, and you know, the world's crumbling around us, right? It's 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 the the prince of this world is Satan, right? And so it's it's all these distract distractions, and it's like, you know, I'm trying to get to a point where it's like. I'm so locked in on the cross that I just have no desire. Like I, I don't even notice all the all the stuff going on around me because I know, right? So in the Bible, right? I, I read it like two weeks ago. Like what it means to be sober minded is like it means that that's it. That you're you're focused on eternity. Like you're focused on this uh, kind of glorification that's going to happen, right? So, and I I want to talk to just because he brought it up the sonship. And like the, so first things first is like, so I've been in, I've been in, I've been jumping around actually. I read like eight chapters, dude, of like a book. And then I'm like reading a different book and it's been a busy week, right? But here it says, so one of the reasons, right, they hate Jesus, right? This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And I think, like, one thing that we've lost sight of because we're always like, oh, we're children of God, and we got it, like, on T-shirts and stuff, we're always talking about it, is, like, how deep it is that, uh, right, Jesus is the Son, that that makes him equal to God, right? And what that means for us as adopted sons, 
right? That we do become a part of that body of Christ and that we do become one with, with our Father in heaven, right? It's like stupid deep. Because what, dude, we, I was reading it and it was like, we sit like above the angels. We sit above, like, so you hear about angels and you think that's like so dope. They're super holy and all this stuff. We're down here sinning. When we die and we go to heaven, right, we sit above the angels. We're the sun. We're, we're not equal to Jesus. We're not equal to God, right? We're covered in sin. And the only reason we're made pure is through that blood. But when we go to heaven, right, we, we sit with God up on that throne. Just all the angels screaming to praise to God, right? And you sit up there with him on that throne. Because you do, you become a son of God through adoption. And like that's like, it's like so much crazier like to really meditate on that and what that really means is just insane, right? And then the fact that there's nothing that we could have done, right, to have ever received that. It was all, it was all what Jesus did for us that we get to have that gift, that grace. And then kind of how Wally said that we were chose out by God, right, like, that God really chose us out and said, like, I love you, and I'm gonna give you this gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, it says in the Bible that the Holy Spirit flows around like a wind, just, just ready to, to fall onto somebody, right, and that's why you always be praying, like, you know, for that spirit, you pray for people to get that Holy Spirit, because as soon as it falls on you, and it's, it's dwelling inside of you, there's no going back, it would be impossible, because you're now, you've now been adopted. You're now God's. God's going to make it impossible. He's going to constantly be pushing you. And you're going to have this new desire and this new found love, right? Like, you're going to just desire God. That's it. Nothing else is really going to matter anymore. Everything else is going to seem dead, right? Like, it says in the Bible over and over again, like, it's dead. And you really realize that the, the rest of this stuff is just going to end. But that's eternal and that's forever, right? And then just the fact that, I mean... Man, bro, I got like a I'm a I'm a sinner and my family's sinners and my friends are sinners. I'm surrounded by evil. I go to work. There's a bunch of evil. I'm evil. It's evil everywhere. And the fact that that God would look down on me with grace and then, you know, make me white as snow, like just soup, like pure. Like when God looks down on me, he doesn't see an evil sinner. He sees a he sees a person saved by Jesus Christ, which is beyond comprehension especially when you really read scripture and find out who god is like the to know that the god who who he says he is right like the creator of everything right so much more vast and beyond any little thing in my life you know my little tiny world that i have here and the fact that he he would look down on me you know and know me right but um i'm gonna try to find that verse the actual verse but we'll see Spirit, really. Yeah, come on, Holy Spirit. But oh, um, to today. we're just flowing, dog. We're just letting the Holy Spirit flow. Freestyle part four. Freestyle, <laughs> Holy Spirit, freestyle part four. No, I, I had prepared a little bit of stuff, and it's 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 really just about because you were talking about staying staying rooted in the cross, like focus eyes on the cross. Remember, you texted me the other day, um. And that just, you know, made me think of what we receive when we are in that place and as the gift of, of faith, you know. And that's what it says in Ephesians 2, um, verse 8. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it is for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
So we receive the grace through faith. And that's that's the gift right there is the faith that we have, the faith that we get to have in Jesus, the 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 man who is God who came down and died on that cross for us. You know, that was the ultimate act of, of grace and mercy all entangled into one, you know, because in no way do we deserve that. And still to the day, we don't, you know, we don't even deserve the gifts of faith, you know, and that's something that kind of convicted my heart. Um, this week, listening to Francis Chan speak on um, the book of, I think he was he was reading out of Mark, and he was just talking about how, you know, we beg people to come to church, you know, we beg people to give Jesus a shot, we beg people to even listen to this podcast, and it's like, we ourselves should be begging God for the gift of faith, you know, we we should be just recognizing like the true power that it is to even have faith today and i feel like a lot of times we like even me myself i undermine the power that god is you know and i just get so focused on my own agenda of as long as i'm moving faithfully i start my morning with prayer and and listening to good music and listen to a podcast or a a sermon you know like it's going to be a good day for me and then maybe like who knows if i'm in a good mood maybe i can help someone else to come to know jesus you know and i'm completely making the whole idea of faith about me you know when in reality it's like it's an honor to start the day in prayer it's an honor to even start the day that's his grace being shown on us right there because like and nowhere are we deserving of another day, but he gives us to it every morning we wake up, you know. And then I go into my time of prayer, and sometimes it's half-hearted, you know. I just got to check it off the box so that I don't have a bad day, which is crazy to even say out loud, you know what I'm saying. But it's like this is this almost robot cycle that I find myself in sometimes. And I see the, the effect that the robo-cycle has versus the true devoted heart to jesus has you know the mornings when i start off and i just am craving like he's my first craving when i i'm coming out of sleep and i'm already trying to pray you know i mean those days i know that my heart is truly devoted to him and in those days that's when i see the fruit you know on the days where i i I use my extra little five minutes to get into scripture instead of five minutes where i could sit back and just watch some tv that's the days that i notice i can i can speak in a, in a way that I know the Holy Spirit is flowing through me, you know, like just this past week, I had such a good conversation with uh, one of my brothers in Christ, you know what I mean? Um, he just recently started coming to church and stuff, and he's getting really involved, him and his, his family, and it's so cool to see, you know, and the, the encouragement that that brings me, you know, he, um, he's got a rough upbringing, you know, a rough past, but to see him at this point of surrender, you know, where he's surrendering it all, you know, he wants his family to be involved, he wants to truly be devoted to God, you know, and and he just needs in this moment, he needs guidance, you know, and that's something we were talking about is just like, the act of discipling or shepherding somebody like you don't have to be a 50 year veteran in the Bible, know each scripture, like the back of your hand, you know, what I'm saying all you need is just a little bit more, a little bit more knowledge, like, one minute more than the person behind you and then you can help them you know what i'm saying y'all can build off each other and so i just like it was it was kind of cool because like in the way that that the holy spirit used me in that moment like after we got done talking i had no idea what i had just said you know what i'm saying like and that's how i knew it truly was like the holy spirit moving in me i just made myself available to be a vessel because like if i got some recited like half-hearted speech i give to someone about god i remember every single word i said and i sit here and i beat myself up because i think like dang i should have said this or i should have said that or 
maybe I didn't say that right and I should have said something different, you know. But in those moments where I know it's truly the Holy Spirit moving through me, I don't I don't remember nothing I say. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the best episodes that we do on this, like after it's over, I I don't remember what what we've been talked about. You know what I'm saying? Well, I never remember, dude. Oh, your brain's kind of fried. fried. So. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's pretty fried too, but like on some real stuff. <laughs> like when I when I go to lay down at night and I'm like, dang, like hopefully that was good hopefully that was a good podcast like that's when i know it was the holy spirit moving and not me trying to lean on my own will or understanding you know what i'm saying which may sound crazy unless you've experienced it you know but it's like that's that that full surrender that we're talking about you know we give it all to god and trust that he's gonna do with it what we could never do you know if i sat here and i prepared an hour every single day and i remembered a whole book from the bible to come on here and recite it to you it wouldn't be from the heart, you know, it would be from my brain. And my brain is only capable of a very little bit, you know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit is capable of, of anything, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so cool to see when, like, the fruit of our labor is revealed, you know? Seeing those prayers answered, seeing those people coming in to know Jesus. And it's like, it's nothing that I can do, you know? Like, I, I read this week, like, it was basically like, I'm not going to convert anybody, you know what I mean? All I can do is is plant a seed, a seed of love and a seed of light, plant a little bit of hope in their life. And Jesus has got the rest. You know, he hasn't called us to to play it, you know, just to come to don't come to know Jesus right now. You know, what I'm saying that's not what we're here for. We're here to bring light and love into every room we walk into. And then people are going to notice that and they're going to want a piece of that, you know, because think about it. How many rooms you walk into in, in your day to day life where it's like, wow. There's a lot of joy in here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of happy people in here. It's, it's not that much, you know? So it's like, that's where we're called to stand out as as men and women of God, followers of Christ. You know what I'm saying? We, we're called to bring that light into every room and to spread the love. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's All it's really about is being available, being willing, and and doing our best to be prepared you know and the best way to be prepared is is truly being rooted in that love of christ you know because then it's not about us or what we do it's what it's what he does through us you know what i'm saying so that was just my little encouragement from this week now on to you chris yeah and that's like one thing that it says uh something that paul says he's like he's like we plant the seeds but but god's the one who grows grows the 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 fruits and so like kind of how like wally was saying of like there should be no stress if i'm walking faithfully ever talking to somebody about jesus or you know when that is put on my heart like if i have the faith that that god's going to carry it out in his will right because that's all i do is just and i could be throwing seeds in uh right into the in on the asphalt right and god's never going to grow them right but it's it's not really for me it's like one thing right like paul uh, i was talking with wally about this uh wednesday is like corinthians right like paul writes to the corinthians dude and these guys are just horrible they're doing crazy stuff sexual immorality they're they're worshiping uh idols again um they're like completely contorting like the jesus christ message and so like in corinthians Paul's like riding into them and trying to guide them in the right direction and for a lot of those people right maybe like a lot of those people who are reading that letter and all that stuff or who's receiving that message they're just 
they're they're not going to get it. They're going to continue in their sexual immorality, continue to pray to idols, right? But Paul's love of these people, right, the the love of Jesus Christ, the desire to just try to save some of them at least, right, is is why he keeps doing it. But the really majority of it is in God's hands. It's if God is, you know, because God is the one who's going to grow grow the fruit, right? So like how Wally's saying, and dude, like, it's been weird, and I don't know, like, dude, like, three people at my gym, like, who I've been talking to for, like, I talked to a bunch of people at my gym, just a, just a chatty guy, <laughs> chatty Kathy, um, dude, but they, like, because I'm, like, I don't know, like, I felt it, like, they were, like, avoiding me, and, like, it was because, like, I'm so adamant, like, I always try to talk to them about God, I'm always trying to get them to come to church, and it's, like, every time I talk to them, it's, like, whatever we're talking about, I'm trying to, like, fit it in there just for, like, because they're receptive. They were receptive of it the first time of just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, it sounds like something that's cool or something, right? And so then it's, like, when I see them, I try to bring it up. And it was, like, even today, dude, like, I felt like they were just, like, almost like they're tired of hearing about it from me, you know what I mean? And I was, like, and I, I like, literally it was just, like, what's well, in God's hands type thing, you know what I mean? Kind of how Wally's saying is like, I don't feel that nothing I've said to them is wrong. And I don't know, dude, I really just, how cool is that? You know what I mean? If you could be a part of that process of someone getting saved, you know, even if you know that it's like not going to be, it is not like, I know it's not going to be anything that I do. It's going to be all up to God. But the fact that he used me as the vessel to bring that message to them, right? You know, and who am I to, to deserve to even get to have that, right? I think it's dope, too, while he talked about, like, the gift of being able to pray. I definitely could lose sight of that, right? The fact that the God of the universe, the one true God, the the God who sent his son to die on a cross, and Jesus Christ who did get on that cross and die for me, will sit up there in heaven with all of his angels screaming his name and glory, would just take the two minutes out of his day to listen to whatever, you know, whatever prayer that, that uh, you know, I try to, I, that I, whenever I talk to him, right, the fact that he actually listens to me, you know, and sometimes it's like, dang, I, I don't feel like you listen to me or something like that, um, which is crazy. One thing, though, I do want to kind of touch on is just uh, the importance of getting into the Word. I just want to say it before, because I don't have much to say right now, but before I give the mic back to Wally, he's like, for me, it's like uh it's super important, right, knowing that, like, my main issue is unbelief, and so, like, anytime there's issues in my life, it's because I have an unbelieving heart, and I got a heart that can be hard, right, and it's only God that's going to penetrate through it, but it says over and over, right, so the first thing is, as soon as you start John, um, it says, right, that, so if you read Genesis, right, can you go to Genesis really quick, are you you looking for something else? Alright. Um very beginning, just the first, very first page basically. Right, and so here though it says right in the beginning of John it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. And then right in the beginning of Genesis, right, it says In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and he goes through all of that. Let there be light, let there be night. Um
Okay, well, I can just quote it then off my head, but I wanted to read like verbatim out of here. But basically, right when it starts out, right, it says, it's so it's talking about the word. It says the word was with God, <clears throat> right? And so this is very crucial. So it says, and the word became flesh. So it says the word was God and the word was with God. So it's it's right there definitively separating the word from God because it says the word was with God, right? And so right off the bat in the Genesis, right, the book that the Jews read, right, there were three three persons, one God from the very, very beginning of the Bible. And one of those three persons was the word, right? And then right here, right, you see, obviously in New Testament, Jesus comes down. So the son of God was alive and a creator from the beginning of time. He was always there. Right, and so he's always, like it means that it's always a part of this plan, basically that 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 this isn't new information, and we're not being taught new things, right? And then the word became flesh. So when we read, especially when we're reading things that Jesus said, you're it's like that is the closest I can get to uh, to God, right? And then coming to a point where it's like I know everything in the Bible has been touched by God, so that when I read it, it's like. When I read that Jesus walked on water, you know, it should strike me. It should be like, you know, this crazy, like this crazy, it shouldn't just be like, oh, of course it's God, right? It should be like, no, like a human being was walking on water who is also 100% God, right? To put this like thing in my heart of like, how powerful is this God, right? Like, how holy is he? What can he not do when he feeds the 5,000, when he heals the lame, when he heals the blind, right? Like, all of these miracles that he's doing all of the time, right? It should, it should, what it does for me is it, it, it adds faith to my, to my heart of like, what can't this God do, right? And then when that starts to happen, when I'm reading that word, it starts to add to the faith of, you know, he can save me, right? Like if this God can do all of this other stuff, if he, he is the one, right? God says like he can forgive sins, right? That should, that should bring me hope, that, that I can really spend eternity because the same God that can walk on water, why can't he wipe me of all my sin, right? Why couldn't he do that? You know, the word is, it says in two, it says that the word, right? The word should bring assurance. He's talking about assurance. The word will bring assurance, right? Assurance of your, of your promise from God, right? Your promise that you will get to spend eternity in heaven, you know, which is just such a, a beautiful thing and I know too it's like when you're immature faith in the beginning it's like you're gonna have all those doubts and you're gonna have that that weak faith and it's gonna be time and it's gonna be continuous process of like continuing to read the word and continuing to pray and then when you do that your faith grows and it grows and it grows right and then you're 40 years down the line of like being in this book and and being with these people right around you and being like in that prayer and seeing these miracles and seeing the things that God does in your day-to-day life and it grows this faith to where you're so connected right like it's it's so beautiful um it was cool right like so like I shared last week that uh you know I took my will or two weeks ago I took my will back and that life had been kind of tough right and now I'm getting back you know it wasn't like I ever really got out of prayer got out of the word but it was like I definitely was doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing them, but I was doing them anyway. And uh, so, but now I'm like back on this path and it's like, you know, I want, like, it's just like that cravings back of like, I want companionship with the father. 
And so, like, it's the constant prayer is just companionship, 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 right? And uh, it was cool because Wally said that this week he had a, he said, like, the closest he ever felt to God, right? I think that's so beautiful seeing that in people, especially, like, when you know what that's like, what it what it means to, to be in that companionship, you know, it's just, been, it's, like, super neat. Um, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, no, I just thought it was cool. Yesterday, I like how you brought up the assurance thing because literally it was just a total God moment. So my lady, you know what I'm saying, my wife was uh, doing some homework last night and I was just kind of sitting down here reading reading my Bible and trying to prepare for this episode. And um, she asked me what assurance meant. And I was like, I don't know. She was just trying to do some homework assignment. And I was like, let me look it up real quick. So I looked up, like, assurance definition. And it said, like, a promise, a declaration. Um, and then below it, it said, what does assurance mean in the Bible? And I was like, dang, that's fire. I, would, I wasn't even looking that up. But let me see what it's talking about. And it brought me to this page, you know. Um, and it was literally just how God gives us assurance. And it was this whole article, you know, just full of some straight, wisdom and knowledge from the bible you know and it 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 was cool because it tied into everything i had written down to prepare for this episode and so i sent it to chris and i was like bro this is fire please read it and i don't did you read it yeah yeah. so he read it he did his homework and it it was it was super lit you know because it god has promised us over and over and over again in this in this book in in the bible you know and it's like why do we not follow that? Why do we not listen to it? You know, why do we continue to doubt ourselves? We're constantly disqualifying ourselves from the glory that God is trying to bring to us, you know? And it, it just, it just, it touched my heart. And it was one of those God moments I was talking about where it was like, that's no coincidence, you know? Like that was complete divine intervention. Cause like, I could have just been upstairs watching TV while she was doing her homework. Or I could have been doing whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I felt the Holy Spirit pulling me to to dive into my Bible in that time. And so when I was just kind of reading and writing some stuff down, what are the odds that she asked me that? And I find this article that ties into completely everything I was writing down for this episode, you know. Um, and just one thing I wanted to uh, to read from here. It says, assurance grows by repeated conflict, by a repeated experimental proof of the Lord's power and goodness to save. When we have been brought very low and helped, sorely wounded and healed, cast down and raised again, have given up all hope and been suddenly snatched from danger and placed in safety. And when these things have been repeated to us and in us a thousand times over, we begin to learn to trust simply the word and power of God beyond and against appearances. And this trust, when habitual and strong, bears the name of assurance, for even assurance has degrees. Right. So it says right here, like. We're going to have to see both sides, you know, to really recognize his promise, you know, and maybe you're in in the lower side, you know, maybe you're you're in the, the part where you're sorely wounded at this moment and you're just kind of waiting. You're just in, in that waiting season for God to heal you, you know, or maybe you've been healed. And so you've seen the promise of God come true in your life. And so you have the assurance, you know, that he's there and you know that he's with you. And that's a beautiful feeling. You know, I'm so grateful to have that that true deliverance you know i've seen it in my life i've seen it in chris's life you know i've seen it in so many's life but i only see it because i'm seeking it you know i'm 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 looking for it 
and it comes from not just like my own experiences it comes from hearing all these people at the church who have been delivered who have been redeemed who have been set free you know and it, it takes us coming together as brothers and sisters in christ and, and sharing our, our experience and our strength and our hope together to to bring glory to god in his kingdom you know and so i just wanted to to just kind of encourage y'all you know wherever you're at whether you you feel like you're beaten up and bruised right now and you're looking for the the miracle to come like don't lose faith because watch the minute you get healed and the minute you receive that that grace and glory you've been looking for like it is now your job to witness to others the glory that god has shown in your life the faithfulness that he's shown in your life you know even when our faith was very small literally the mustard seed of faith like it can move mountains you know and i don't i don't think is i don't know it might be literal maybe there's someone that was moving a mountain but i think it's like that little bit of faith we give god just think about all that he could do with it you know like think about the changes that he can bring in your life you know think about the renewal and the revival he can bring to your family and your friends you know just from a little bit of faithfulness you know in the gift of faithfulness that we receive so it's like receive that gift you know seek after that gift if, if you're struggling in your faith right now it's like it, it's not it's not a bad thing we all are in that place you know what i'm saying like chris was talking about he stepped away from his faith you know kind of got a little half-hearted with it and look nothing good came from it but now today i know that he is back dove in and i see the fruits of it you know because he's been praying and i've been praying and we've been sharing our, our little prayer reports with each other and it's been all beautiful things you know and so it's like that's what it takes you know we have to be in, we have to be in community with each other we have to be surrounded by people that love god you know because if we're at this just trying to do this fight alone we're going to lose every time because when we're alone and we're vulnerable, that's when the, the devil going to sneak in and he's going to fill our, our head with lies, you know. He's going to fill our head with the opposite of what I read at the beginning. He's going to tell us that we're not enough, you know, that we're not loved, that we're we're just a mistake, you know. We constantly mess up, so we got to be a mess up, you know what I'm saying. He's going to allow the, these thoughts to then spread in, into your head and into your heart. And before long, you're going to believe it, you know. That's why it's so important to be rooted in God, you know. Truly having your your heart set on the love that God has placed in it, you know. And just going back to the idea of the gift, you know. It, it, it says in Ephesians 3, um, Paul, Paul told us, you know, he said, I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. And Paul, when he says he's the he's less than the least, like he was killing them. You know what I'm saying? He was killing Christians. So, of course, in his head, he's less than, you know. And a lot of us, we feel like that today, you know, we're so insecure, we disqualify ourselves constantly, you know, but we can't, we can't disqualify ourselves from the calling God has placed on our life, you know, like I was talking about earlier, the discipleship, like, even if you feel like you're very weak in your faith right now, you're, you're acknowledging the idea of faith, your, your heart is, is, is crying out for God, there's just something that's holding you back, you know. But at least your heart is in it and your head somewhat thinking about it, you know. So you're one step ahead of your friend who has no faith, who isn't even worried about God. You know, the person who's living completely for the world, the person who's who's lost, who's so caught up in the ways of the world. You have now been qualified to help that person. And it, it's crazy because, like, we wouldn't think that, you know what I'm saying? 
in the beginning of my faith, I thought I had to be like, like literally I'm talking about like some genius, some Bible thumping genius, you know, to help somebody. But all it really takes is that heart, that heart that's rooted and established in, in the love of Christ, you know. So it's like a lot of it, really none of it is based on our work. It's all about where our heart's at, you know. If our heart is faithful, if our heart is open to receive the love that God has to give us, you know what I'm saying? He's going to do a lot through you. We just have to to make ourselves available, you know, like constantly be praying just that prayer of thy will be done. Constantly be asking God to just to just use you as a vessel to just to bring his love to to those that are lost, you know? Cuz it's we're we're just surrounded by lost and sick people, and if we aren't making ourselves available, no one, you know what I'm saying? No one around us is is going to see the, the faithfulness God's shown in our life, you know? And through that faithfulness in our life, other people are going to see it and they're going to want to give it a try, you know. So just just walk confidently, you know. Don't don't disqualify yourself because God said who you are. You know, you don't say who you are. God already chose that. Yes, sir. Dang, we're kind of jumping all around right here. I wasn't listening to you. I was reading the book or something, but I don't know. It might just be completely off topic. Um... No, so, I don't know, I'm just, I'm looking basically for, because we started with assurance, and then so I started, like, flipping around, trying to find, like, what is my, my assurance of, you know, being saved, right, and, uh, so before I go into this, I just want to say that it's, like, for my experience, at least, that it's been a process of, like, God continuing to discipline me, and continuing to grow my faith, and that, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't come on me and then bam, no more sin, right? Like I'm a perfect man. Um, and so I say that because I'm about to read like s- some things that, and so the first thing is like, in so in John, right, it talks about Nicodemus coming to Jesus and uh, Nicodemus is like, so Jesus, how do I, how do I come to, because uh, Nicodemus basically says like, I know that you're you're the son of God because there's no way that you could do these things and not be who you say you are, right? And so he 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 has a believing heart, right? And that's one where you see that the only sin is to deny the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on Nicodemus and he denied it, right? And later on, the belief because Nicodemus ends up writing a whole gospel, um, where we believe that uh, you know, the belief is that he eventually right surrenders and. He starts preaching the God. He has to be preaching the gospel, right? Because he's got a, a gospel he wrote. It's not in the Bible because it, you know, that's uh, this is God's word. So there must have been a reason, right? God's will that didn't get in there, right? But uh, you do have some, right? Maybe he's in heaven, maybe he's not. I don't know. I'm not God. But uh, anyway, right? So he, Jesus tells me, he says, you have to be born again, right? And Nicodemus is like, how do you get born again? You know, and he, he says, you're a teacher of God, right? But you don't know what, but when I speak to you of worldly things, you still don't understand. And uh, he's basically just saying, like, you're missing, like, a big part of this. What it means to be born again is that you're a brand new creation, right? You're not no longer of this world, right? You're of heaven, right? You start storing up treasures in heaven, right? Like, your true citizenship, you're an alien to this earth, basically. You don't belong here. You're created, like, completely new. You're, you're where you belong, is in heaven with Christ, you know, and that's what it means to be born again, is that you're born of the Spirit, you're born of, right, it says you're born of water and the Spirit, that's the baptism, and um, so, and then what ends up happening, right, is like, 
that Holy Spirit falls on you and your evidence that you are saved is that your whole life starts to change, right? Again, I'll, I'll share that from my own experience of what that lo- looks like, has looked like in my walk, is like, which it's been like two years, and uh, it's like, you know, wanting to pray, wanting to read scripture, like actually wanting to do those things, where some people might see it as a chore. Like I actually want to do those things, right? I used to hate worship music, and I was like through like the first year and a half of, it really up to like four months ago, and I, I every time I went to the gym, dude, it was rap music. Like I was like, I can't just listen to worship music and lift and it's not been it's been super new but like this past week and this doesn't sound like nothing crazy maybe to some people but the idea is the microcosms of the bigger ideas like when like now like the past like week i have listened to no rap music which is crazy because dude like i love i've been listening to rap since i was eight years old you know what i'm saying listen to lil wayne and stuff since i was eight years old like it's just a part of like you know like that's just that was who i was in my worldly right before I was chosen, right, like, that's who I was, was a, a little monster, right, but now I'm listening to worship music, right, like, I do like to get in the word, you know, and then there's the marks that says them in Romans, it's Romans uh, 12, 9, let, it says, marks of the true Christian, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of saints and seek to show hospitality. And it goes on too to say, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And so that's what it is. Is like, just think about people who who persecute you, right? Like, dude, I get super angry, right, when I feel like I'm being persecuted, you know. And so it's like the marks of the true Christian is like coming to a place where you just pray for them instantly. Like your first reaction is like, I'm gonna pray for this person who's persecuting me, right? Who's after me? Who doesn't want the best for me, or or who who is uh, you know, not for me, obviously. You know, it's it's about when my brother is sad that I'm tr- like my heart is truly sad. Like I'm truly sad because I love my brother and he's a part of this body of Christ. So like when we say brothers of Christ, like that's what it means is that we've both been adopted. So we both are a part of this body. Right. But it's like my brother's sad. It's like I love him so much. Like I he's he's a part of me, basically. And when he's sad, I'm also sad. Like I'm I'm truly like crying with him right like when he was rejoicing when he calls me with good news and he says you know like when Wally called me he's having a a baby is like I mean it was it was a rough situation kind of but after like the first like like 30 seconds of just like you're shocked you know what I'm saying at first the news was crazy I was at work too bro I remember it dude I remember I was sitting and everything I was like oh man that's crazy but it was like true happiness you know what I mean that you know, because I knew he wanted it, you know what I mean? I knew that that was something that, that he would that he felt was such a gift from God, right? And then being able to rejoice with him about that, being connected with people, really being one with them, you know? Um, like, that's what it looks like to, to live the Christian, like, to have the Holy Spirit, you know? So, like, when you, right, so you talk about faith and works, right? And what's the difference? Um, the faith, right, is like, it's what James says, dude, is like, Faith by itself is nothing. 
faith by itself is 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 it's not anything right it's it's probably not even real you can't have faith without the works you just cannot they they couple with each other right like if if i truly believe uh in in what jesus told me right that if i truly was attacked by him if i was truly felt his presence if i truly felt that warmth wrapped around me if i truly felt that i was loved by him that i'd received grace that i didn't deserve and and mercy he held back on on wrath that i should have got Right, like if I if I truly believe that all of these things are true, it's like my walk becomes completely different. Right, I become obsessed with the love of God. I love God. Right, not only does God love me, right, but I also love God. You know, and that's what it would look like. And if you're listening, right, and it's like, dang, like I still sin. I still have these issues. Like, to a more or less degree, I'd say talk to someone about it because yeah, like I still have sin in my life too. Like today, I've probably sinned like 20 times. I don't even know about it. Right. But if there's like certain things that you're holding on to that are dead, that the Bible says are dead, right? And you're like, maybe I don't have the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you give up. You know what I mean? That's not the goal of this, right? It just means that you're on a different walk, right? Like that your path is a little bit different. Continue in the faith. Continue reading the word. Continue praying, right? Because the Holy Spirit, like it says, right? Like the wind, it'll come by and it'll it'll grab you, right? Uh, but it's just about being patient, I guess, and, and, and then walking still. Because it has been like, like I said, like two years, dude, and um, there's been times throughout those two years where it was like, do I really have the Holy Spirit when I keep falling into this same sin over and over and over again? Am I truly saved, right? Because if 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 I'm I'm supposed to be a new creation, right? But I didn't quit. It was just like continue on and then see like God is faithful. What that means when it says God is faithful is that He's still gonna pour into you, right? Like He's still. He still loves you. He's still waiting, right? When he says he's faithful, is that he's like, it's basically like he's trustful that you're going to do the right thing, that he can bestow the Holy Spirit on you, that he'll give you that Holy Spirit, right? Dang. Is it good? Fire. Might just have to end it right there. No, you got something to see. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I got a little something. Why, you want to just close it out? No, bro. <laughs> All right. I'm done, man. That's it. Good episode, guys. <laughs> nah, I just um, you really snapped, bro. That was. Was it really? Yeah, that was really good. That's Jesus thing. Yeah, shout Praise out the Holy Lord. Spirit. Praise the Lord. Yeah, um, I don't know. Just when I was kind of writing um some stuff down last night, I just was thinking um, like why are we not accepting Jesus? You know. Like, why as a whole is the world turning from Jesus and leaning on ourselves? you know? And it, it was just, I wrote down some, like, things that kind of came to my head. And it was like, do we not want to turn over the power? You know, are we still trying to fix it all? Is it pride, ego, fear, you know? Do we have trust issues? Have we let other people ruin our idea of who God is, you know? Like, it is, what what is the issue? What are we missing out on, you know? And it. It was it was real because it, it kind of made me think too. Like, what what areas am I not fully surrendering to God, and why? You know, like because clearly I've tried my own efforts. You know, I've tried to exert my own will in my life, and it really didn't go very good. You know, luckily I was covered by God's grace, and He never left me for one minute. But it's like since I've been just trying to surrender it all, since I've just been been begging God to just be in my life. You know, to to be in my heart to to just do my best, really, just since I've been trying to do my best, I've seen so much more beauty than all those years of struggle, you know, and so I just wanted to read out of, um, 
Mark 5 real quick. It's going to be a little long, so hang in there. But it's God's word, so you know what I'm saying. So it says, they went across the lake to the region of Garrus. And it's, I don't know how to say that, but whatever. And it says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about two thousand in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Those who had been seen told those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged, begged, you heard that, to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Right, so it's a pretty crazy story. Like that's some crazy stuff. There was demons of this man, and, and Jesus casted them out into the pigs, and two thousand pigs basically jumped off a cliff into the lake, and they all drowned. Right, so these, Jesus delivered this man from the darkness that was within him. Right, he made him brand new. He set him free. He 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 literally like just just delivered him in that moment. That is the power that Jesus is, and the man. You know what I'm saying? Was so, was so just just overwhelmed. Was so just overjoyed by by what had happened. You know, he begged to go with Jesus. He just wanted more Jesus because he had experienced the power in his life. You know what I mean? And so you got to acknowledge that. Like, like when we do receive the the deliverance, when we receive the redemption and the breakthrough, like, are we just on fire for Jesus for a second, or are we truly begging to go with him? begging to walk with him every every single step every single day you know what i mean or are we kind of like oh thanks jesus all right next time when i get filled up with that darkness again i'll be back and hopefully you could do the same thing you know like we got to be all the way in we got to be all the way devoted because the devil is working really hard to keep us separated from jesus like you see what he said at the beginning when jesus walked up to this man the demons re replied they were like, get. They were like, nah, Jesus, get away from me. You know what I'm saying? We want to stay here in this man. You know what I'm saying? We want the power. We want the control. And so we got to recognize that, like, the sin that is within us, it doesn't want us to come to know Jesus. You know, it doesn't want us to to 
be delivered because the devil likes us when we're really good at sinning. You know what I'm saying? When we're stuck in that sin, the devil is, is happy. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be set free from that sin. He wants the chains to be broken. You know, and that's the freedom that you will really receive from devotion to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? When God cho when God chooses you, he chooses you. You know what I'm saying? And he wants to deliver you fully. Not just a little bit. Maybe get rid of a few things and keep a few. And so that's kind of just what I was thinking about. You know, like... Are we really ready to fully surrender or do we want just some pieces of Jesus and do we want to keep some of our sin at the same time? You know what I mean? But it takes full surrender. It takes full devotion to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts with a decision, but then that turns into a lifestyle. You know, it's like what Chris said is is a, the faith and the works coupled together. So it's like at the beginning, we're beaten, we're battered and we just want Jesus. We're full of demons, we're full of darkness, and we just want Jesus. And then Jesus shows us his grace and mercy by encountering us, you know, by by an act of divine intervention. You know, there will be a moment in your life where where either you felt God or, or you will feel God, and you can't deny it. And that is God just truly reaching, reaching down for you, you know what I'm saying, grabbing you, picking you out of the darkness, you know what I'm saying. And in that moment, it's like we have to really really dive in you know we can't be can't be lukewarm can't be half-hearted or else there will be no result you know what i'm saying we have to be faithful knowing that he has chosen us you know and then our works have to match that faith so it's like that was just my encouragement for the week it's like do i want to be delivered do i want to be you know what i'm saying fully surrendered do i want to be locked in with jesus or do i want to be like grabbing onto the good parts but then avoid kind of the suffering or the pain or the emotions you know what i'm saying it's like, no, I want full devotion. So bring, you know what I'm saying? Bring whatever you have for me, God. I surrender my life to you. You know what I'm saying? I surrender my family to you. I surrender everything to you. You know what I mean? Because without you, I wouldn't have none of it. Without you, I wouldn't even be here. I would be like the pigs jumping off the cliff in the water. You know what I'm saying? Because I, w I still am so sinful, but I was so dark before the light of Jesus was shown on me. And now today, it's like, who am I to deny, you know what I'm saying? Anyone that opportunity, you know? Who am I to, to turn away from God in this moment today after I've seen the glory that he is, the faithfulness that he has shown in my life, my family's life, my brother and sisters in Christ's life, you know what I mean? And once you have that encounter, like, you're going to feel what I'm saying right now, or if you already have, I hope you're feeling, I hope you're, I hope you're remembering the time that you've truly felt God's grace when he's placed your right hand, placed his right hand on your shoulder and just walked you, you know what I'm saying? Walked you out of the pit, walked you out of the darkness, grabbed you from, from the 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 pool of sin that you were drowning in you know because then those moments right there that's going to be the fuel to the fire you need that'll get you out of the lukewarm situation into the just flamed up for jesus you know what i mean yeah no it's fire and then really been stuck in john but he you said uh which I, is not it's not this exact verse but it's like uh you'll know what i'm talking about um it's like the light came into the world, but the people love the darkness. So they like they stayed in the darkness, and yeah, right. Because you were talking about why are why are people staying there, and it's because this I guess evil. But anyway, this this is uh so the true light which gives light to everyone. So this is John chapter one, verse nine. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Crazy, right? So God creates the world. The world doesn't even know who he is. 
he came to his own and his own people. So that's saying the Jews, right? When Jesus, so Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him, right? And the Jews were the, were the chosen people, right? Those were the, the descendants of Abraham. That's who God made the first, that's the covenant. That's where the promise is made. They didn't even know who he was, right? The, the God that made this promise with them, they they can't recognize Jesus, right? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of will of man, but of God, right? And so you say, we talk about being born again. That's what it is, right? Who were born not become, not, who were born not become children of God, who were, oh my goodness. He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, right? So you're, you're born again of God, right? And that's, that's the, that's the real birth, right? You'll know it when it comes. It's like the craziest experience you'll ever have, right? You'll know it's there. You know it's true, you know. And when that does happen, right, it's like you no longer want to dwell in the darkness. And and so, like, right above that it says, right, light shines in the darkness and the darkness and not overcome it. And my friend Nick, Nick's been on the podcast. We're doing a Bible study on John. That's why I'm, like, in it a lot, I guess. But uh, he said it's like when you put a flashlight on, there's nothing dark enough that you can't turn a candle on or a flashlight on that it's not going to light up that room. It is impossible, right? Like, the light will always went out. There's nothing too dark, right? And so that's what it's saying is, like, Jesus, you can be in the darkest place possible, and Jesus is going to come to you, right? And um, so, but, like, right, majority of people won't, right? Majority of people won't. And that's why it says, like, that we're per- persecuted, right? It's because they love darkness. And when you come, right, when the light comes around people who live in darkness, right, they... They don't, they don't want that, right? They don't like that. There's uh, something that they like about the shadows. and um, But the people who are following Christ, right? Because you see, like, what is it? It's like 3,000. There's like 3,000 people in these crowds, like, following Jesus and, like, these sick people coming up. to Like, he's he can't go anywhere because people are so, like, trying to get to him, right? Like, nonstop. So it's like you hear, like, okay, he's getting persecuted because he is, right? He ends up dying on a cross. His own people kill him as well as the Gentiles, right? That's that we, we both play a part. We all play a part in, in his death, right? But that there's still people chasing him. And it's like, so who are the people that Jesus is picking out? It's, it's not the, the strong people. The people who are chasing Jesus are the weak people, right? And that's what it says about like in, in, uh, when you, when you read, uh, in Matthew, the sermon on the Mount, right? Like when he's talking about the Beatitudes, right? The blessed are the ones who are weak, who are who are sick, who are mourning, who have had lots of death in their life, who are in pain, right? And those are the same people who are chasing them down in the street trying to get to them are the ones who are humbled, right? Like who are just been beaten down by life, right? They're chasing after God. They want them. They need them. You know, it's not the it's not the kings, right? The kings are trying to kill them. The Jews, right? They have all this power and this money. They're trying to kill them, right? It's like he's really after people who are just like, please, like I got nothing else, you know? Like if I don't have this, I got nothing, you know? And they're, they're, they're just running down for them. I'm like, what, what a, what a good God we have. That's that's the God that that we have, right? That the God that's for us is the one who's, right? He's for the, He is for you if you if you're struggling, if you're in a lot of pain and all that stuff, right? Like, there's our one true God is is the God that He's for you, right? Like He really does love and care about you, right? He didn't leave you here for all this pain, you know. And I I really feel like it's such a beautiful thing because it's like. The reason I know that I need God is because he saved me, right? Because he saved me from so much. And that makes me know that I know that, and I know that he did that, right? Like, I know that it was him that did that because I couldn't save myself, 
right? I know he saved me from my, my drug addictions and from my obsessions with women and, you know, always wanting different things, right? And that he, uh, but that he would come out and there's like something that like this week, you know, I still not good about it. But I'm trying to like pray over my food because it's something that Francis said in his thing was like, we don't realize how much we need God in America because we have everything handed to us, right? It's like, why would I pray over my meal? I'm going to get it regardless, right? And it's like uh, this week I was convicted about it where I was eating meals and I was like, if it was his will, I could be starving right now. Like it's only because it's his will that I eat right now that I'm eating because he has full power and full sovereign power to say, Chris, you're not going to eat for the next three weeks. And he could totally do that and he'd be righteous and just to, to do that, right? Like it wouldn't be wrong to do that. But he gifts me with this meal, something so small as that, right? And I think it's too why like people in these like poor countries, right, have so much love for God because they truly rely on him. Like they depend upon God giving them that next meal. They they worry about the next meal, right? Like where for me, it's like I become this selfish person. That I'm like, I think I got this thing under control, right? And, it, and it's not true, right? Like I need, I need to have him like hand me every single thing that I got. I need to know that he's giving me everything that I got. You know, and uh, yeah, you know that's uh that's far. We can close out now. I'm all good. Yeah, good stuff tonight. Uh, I hope I hope you guys uh, were able to grab onto something tonight, and I hope that the the spirit really did touch someone's heart, even if it's just one person who receives Jesus or grows a little bit closer. Just know that they're having a, a party in heaven for you right now. So um. Let's just close it with prayer tonight and um, just bow your head and close your eyes. Open up your heart. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, Lord, the definition of power, the definition of love, God, that's who you are, God. Lord, you have covered us with your grace and mercy, God. Lord, you have allowed us to be in your presence right now at this moment, God. And, and Lord, we just thank you, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every single person that's listening today, God. Lord, I just ask that you would bless and protect their hearts, Lord. I pray that you would surround Chris tonight, God, and Lord, just encourage him, Lord. Give him that assurance, Lord, that is so necessary to know that he is a, a saved and chosen son of God, Lord. Lord, I pray that everyone listening tonight, God, would just know the power that you are, God. And if they don't yet, I, I pray that they would come to know you, God. Lord, I pray that we would just, just crave you and desire you, God. Lord, I pray that you you would just quench our thirst, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you would you would feed our, our bodies, Lord Jesus, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, I pray that we would seek you, Lord, as, as the source of life, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we would seek you with the def the desperation of a drowning man, God. And Lord, I pray that, that, Lord, the fruits of our labor would be used, Lord Jesus, Lord, to bring glory to your kingdom, God. Lord, I pray that you would just, just increase our faith, God decrease our, our our self our self-reliance our self-will lord i pray that you would kill our pride god and that that in this moment in this time of jesus lord we would just feel the blood of jesus being washed and poured all over us god making us brand new as white as snow god Lord, i pray that whoever is listening would reach out for you god they would seek you lord god and come to know you come to know the beauty and the grace and the power that you are god lord just surround us tonight and fill us lord protect our friends our family and our loved ones god and Lord, just, just prepare us, Lord Jesus, for what you have called us to, God. In your almighty name we pray. Amen.